Welcome to Lakeshore. We are so glad that you guys have connected with us today. Easter this year is unique, isn't it? Just one month ago, none of us realized that we were going to have to be doing this all online this year. But I'm so thankful for the technology, for the opportunity to connect together as God's people to celebrate the greatest event in all of human history, the resurrection of Jesus Christ. But when I got to thinking about it, I realized that this is not the first time that God's people, that followers of Jesus, did Easter this way. In fact, on that very first Easter, those who believed in and were following Jesus were hiding away behind locked doors, afraid for their lives. They weren't sure how the weekend was going to go. They weren't sure how events were going to unfold, and they were afraid for their own lives. And yet that first Easter brought life and hope and light to their communities. It brought joy in the midst of their grieving when they saw Jesus for that first time. And we do the same this weekend as well. There were three friends who were co-workers who attended a funeral of one of their co-workers who had passed away. And as they attended the funeral, they passed by the casket and they were overhearing people as they made comments as they passed by and saw the body there. After the funeral, they got together and started talking, and they started talking about their own funeral, and they asked, well, what would you like for people to say about you when they pass by your casket? Well, the first one said that they would like for people to say that he was a great friend and a good family man. They said, oh, that's good. And the second one said, well, I'd like for them to say that I was a wonderful boss and that I treated everyone well. They all agreed that was a good one, too. And then the third one, they all said, well, what would you like for people to say when they pass by your casket? He thought about it for a minute and he said, hey, look, he's moving. <laughs> Obviously, when it comes to facing death, what we all want is some hope. We want to know that there's some hope even in the face of death itself. Well, 2,000 years ago in the Middle East, an event occurred that permanently changed the world. Because of that event, history was split into every time we write a date today, every time you write a date on anything, you're using the resurrection of Jesus Christ as a focal point for that date. What's so important about Easter? It's important because it proved that Jesus was exactly who he claimed to be. He was God in the flesh. He came to earth to save you and to save me. The first gospel message that was preached is found in Acts chapter 2. And this, this message was preached after the scripture says that the apostles were able to see Jesus alive and well again. And instead of being afraid and being hidden away in rooms anymore, now they were out there in the public and they were being bold in their proclamation that Jesus was alive. In Acts 2 verse 22, Peter is preaching that message and here's what he says. Fellow Israelites, listen to this. Jesus of Nazareth was a man accredited by God to you by miracles, wonders, and signs, which God did among you through him, as you yourselves know. This man was handed over to you by God's deliberate plan and foreknowledge. And you, with the help of wicked men, put him to death by nailing him to the cross. But God raised him from the dead, freeing him from the agony of death because it was impossible for death to keep its hold on him. The resurrection of Jesus Christ speaks to the most important issues of life. The first thing that it speaks to is the nature of truth itself. 
If Jesus Christ rose from the dead, then biblical Christianity is true, period. I made up my mind a long time ago that I'm never going to place my hope on the teachings of someone who's dead. You see, here's what I realized. The death rate has been consistent all throughout history, 100%. We need an answer in the face of what we know we're all going to face in our lives, and that is the certainty of death. We need someone who can give us hope even in the face of that certainty. Confucius, Buddha, Muhammad, Krishna, Gandhi, the Dalai Lama, Mary Baker Eddy, Joseph Smith, all dead. Every philosopher that's ever lived, everyone who's given us advice and counsel on how to live life, all of them have some good things to say, but no one, no one had an answer for sin and death. Jesus did not just talk a good game. He predicted that he would conquer death, and then he did it. In John 14 and verse 6, Jesus is comforting his, his disciples when he knows he's about to go through the agony of the trial and the cross, and, and that they were going to be scared, afraid, and, and concerned during all of that. He gave them these words of comfort that, that he was going away, but he was going to come back and, and take him to be where he is. And then when they were asked, when they asked Jesus, how do we know the way to go where you're going? Jesus answered in verse 6, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. You see, his resurrection speaks to the fact that he has told the truth about who he is and about what he can do and that he can keep every promise, even the promise to give us life in the face of death. He is the one in whom we can put our hope. So the resurrection of Jesus speaks to the nature of truth, but it also speaks to the nature of life. It proves that man did not evolve from pond scum or apes, and that our lives do not end at the grave. We are created in the image of an eternal God. We are living souls, and the source of life is God himself. In Genesis 2 and verse 7, in the account of creation, it says, Then the Lord God formed the man from the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and man became a living being. You see, the resurrection proves that, that there is a source of life and that life is not limited to just the here and the now. We are not human beings having a spiritual experience. We are spiritual beings having a human experience. We're not just here to recreate and procreate and accumulate and then disintegrate. We are made for eternity with our Creator. Our lives have meaning and purpose, both for the here and now and beyond this temporary existence. This world truly is not our home. So the resurrection of Jesus speaks to the nature of truth and of life, and it also speaks to the nature of humankind. Contrary to popular belief, people are not essentially good, needing just a little refinement. The truth is we're deeply flawed by sin, needing radical transformational rebirth by a power greater than ourselves. We are sinners. We are dead in sin, lost in sin, and we cannot fix this ourselves. That's why Paul said in Romans 3.23, all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. You see, every other religion is about self-improvement about our own works and our own efforts. Only Christianity gives us an honest appraisal of our sin problem. 
Only Christianity offers a Savior. Nothing short of the power of the death, burial, and resurrection of God's Son could break the power of sin and death over our lives. So the resurrection of Jesus speaks to the nature of truth. It speaks to the nature of life and of humankind, and it also speaks to the nature of God's love. Friends, you are a much-loved person, whether you like it or not. God is a relentless pursuer of your soul. He could have simply walked away. He could have left us in our sins, but he went through literally hell for us. You took him to that cross and into that tomb and then victoriously out again. John 3.16 says, For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. You could substitute your name personally in that passage. For God so loved you that he gave his one and only Son, that if you believe in him, you will not perish but have eternal life. Jesus went through that for you. The resurrection of Jesus Christ speaks to the nature of truth and of life and of humankind and of God's love. And it also speaks to the nature of adversity in our lives. On that terrible Friday afternoon when Jesus was crucified, Peter, John, Thomas, and the rest, they thought it was over. Jesus had failed, they thought. They had failed. Their dreams of the kingdom had failed. Everything they had hoped for was finished. Two days later, they were hearing crazy rumors about Jesus being seen around Jerusalem. Some women were telling wild tales about seeing and touching him. Was there no respect for the dead? Were they trying to add insult to injury? Would there never be an end to this taunting? Some of them rushed to the tomb and found it empty. But that probably only meant that the Romans had taken his body and reburied it in a secret place, they thought. One thing they knew, death is final and irreversible. It was over. Nothing would ever be right again. Jesus was dead. Then, in a room whose door was shut and locked, Jesus was standing before them. Could they believe their eyes? Had the rumors been true? Maybe they pinched themselves, but they weren't dreaming. He was there, alive, and with them again. You see, death wasn't irreversible after all. Neither then was their pain, unbelief, and fear final. Their crushing sense of failure could give way now to confidence. They could be bold in Jesus' name. When this startling realization fixed itself in their hearts, the same men who had crept away from Golgotha in fear would stand in the streets of Jerusalem to preach, the crucified but raised Christ is Lord and Savior of all. Easter signals the same truth of reversibility to all of us. There is no childhood trauma, no humiliating moral failure, no diagnosis of terminal illness, no episode of failed faith that is final. The empty tomb of Easter morning means that darkness can be replaced by light, failure by victory, and death by life. Easter is not just a special spring Sunday. It is ultimate proof that no bad thing, not even death itself, is final. Do you believe it? In Acts 2, as Peter was finishing up that sermon of the proclamation of the risen Christ, he said these words, Therefore, let all Israel be assured of this. God has made this Jesus, whom you crucified, both Lord and Messiah. When the people heard this, they were cut to the heart, and they said to Peter and the other apostles, Brothers, what shall we do? Peter replied, 
repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins. And you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. He said there's hope. No matter what the failure has been in your life, no matter what you've been afraid of till this time and this point in your life, no matter how discouraged you've become, no matter what challenge is in front of you, there is hope in the risen Christ. And he said, even in the face of your sin and my sin, even in the face of the wages of sin being death, there's hope. And the people, the people heard the message and it, it pricked them in their hearts. And they asked what they needed to do when they heard about the risen Jesus and how their sin had put them on the cross. And Peter gives them and he gives us the answer. Repent and be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. And God, through the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus, through the shedding of his blood, will give us forgiveness of our sins and empower us with the gift of his spirit. I love what he went on to say. It's recorded in verse 39. The promise is for you and your children and for all who are far off, for all whom the Lord our God will call. See, that's the promise of Easter. That's the promise of the celebration of the resurrection. God is still offering that promise to you and to me today. If you hear God's call on your life today to come to know Jesus as the risen Lord and Savior for your life, as the source of hope for you, then today you can make that decision to make him your Lord and your Savior. Today you can make the decision to repent. That simply means to turn from your sin and turn to Christ and the forgiveness that he offers. And if you've not yet been baptized into Christ today, you can make that decision that you're going to follow through in obedience and Christian baptism to be buried with Christ and to be raised with Christ in the likeness of his resurrection that we're celebrating. Today, if you want to make a decision like that, we want to help you with that. We have people available for you today. If you will just comment on your response there, you can click on that button that says contact and tell us that you want to have someone follow up with you today. You can just make a comment if you're listening on YouTube today. There in the comment section, let us know that you're wanting to talk with someone about following through with that decision. We are ready and we want to celebrate that decision with you today. Because today, all of us who know Jesus as Lord and Savior are celebrating the hope that is found in him. And we want you to be able to have that hope in your heart too. Let's pray together. Father, we thank you that today we celebrate that one thing and the only thing that can give us the hope we need in the face of those things that bring fear into our lives, even death itself. There is the hope of resurrection. Father, I pray that anyone today who wants to have that power and that hope in their lives, that today they would follow through with responding to your call in their lives so that they can claim that promise that is found in Jesus. It's in his name that we pray these things. Amen.